guys. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, I'm Daniel. And I'm Mia. And technically we're parents, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, so we got a lot of great feedback on our first episode. Yes, that was so exciting. Yes, um, a lot more activity than I was expecting. Yeah. You know, just the first episode. Got a lot of great feedback. Um, a couple of critiques about sound and stuff. Um, that we're going to hopefully, you know, get better at as we go. Yes. Um, but so far everyone is really enjoying and, um, excited about the stuff we're going to talk about. So that's really appreciated and we, um, really appreciate you guys and we're excited about this journey. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, like you said, we're just so thankful that you guys are so supportive and, um, you guys have just been, you know, just amazing and, we look forward to your continued support. Yeah. So, um, we talked about our tech toids last episode. And yes. I did not have one because... You did not I did prepare not. yourself. <laughs> I dropped the ball and I let everyone down. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. Yes. Um, but I have one this time. Okay. Um, so, tech toid, if, um, we mentioned it last time, but it's a technological factoid. Whoa. 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 Uh, um, so, Tectoid, for short. Okay, so. And this is, like, a fact about technology. It's, yeah, fact, trivia, fact about technology that I think you would enjoy, then, of course, okay. our listeners. So. Okay. Okay, wait, so you said trivia, so that means, like, you ask a question, you ask the question, and I have to guess what the answer is? Well, I was going to try that this time. Okay. But not every time. Okay, it's, okay. I think you it's. some practice first, yeah, <laughs> like um, when I say trivia, I think it's just it's just knowledge facts, okay, okay, just okay. random things to know about. So, if you had to guess, oh. when do you think the internet, as we know, it, was birthed? Oh, yes. So not like MySpace time. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking like about way like, before that. Like communicating with each other across the globe, websites like the internet as we know it. Oh my gosh. When it was birthed. <laughs> okay, so it feels like a long time ago, but also it feels like it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say sometime in the 1900s. Is that close? Yes. Well, of course. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to say like 1946. It's a little early. <laughs> 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 so the official, or considered to be the official birthday of the internet, birth of the okay. internet. It was January 1st, 1983. Whoa! You think it was sooner than you expected? Or more recent than you expected? Yes! 1983. Oh my gosh! So there was a version of computers communicating with each other. Just basic, like, text. Like, you, some really old movies, you can see a version of that. Yeah. But 1983 was the official birth of the internet as far as, like, a wide global network. Of communication, basically. So, but fast forward to um, 1993, there were just over 130 websites available wow. to access on the internet. But Does that, that make you feel old? Yes, because that was my birth year. <laughs> For those who don't know, it was 1993 that I had no idea there was only 130 websites available on the internet. Oh my god! When I was born. But that quickly, very, very quickly, ramped up the popularity and, like, just 
I guess everyone could see like the potential of this, right? Yeah. In just three years, it grew to over a hundred thousand websites. Wow. In 1996. Yeah, and another bonus tech toy. Um, the first, well, it may not have been the first, but the popular um, internet browser that at that time, 1996, was called Netscape Navigator. Wow. Netscape Navigator. Netscape Navigator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very it's interesting. It's like short for Network Escaping navigation or system. Sure. We'll <laughs> act like that was something that happened. The first Internet Explorer that I remember was Microsoft's Internet Explorer. Yeah. Um, because the earliest I can remember when I realized what the Internet was or can remember what the Internet was and Googling something um, was Windows 95. Mm. Yeah, and the in some the, some early version of Internet Explorer at that time. Wow. Yeah. That is really interesting. That was a really cool tech toy. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. So, yeah, we'll be finding stuff like that. Stuff that I think you would find really interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see more of our tech toy series. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. So speaking of series. Series. Last week we. Briefly, kind of talked about Bluey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you know, like we love that show around here. Oh, it's so cute. That's definitely gonna be Silas's birthday theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear from a little birdie around town mm-hmm. that you have some something you want to talk about about oh, Bluey. Bluey? Did have an issue with Bluey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I touched... Um, oh, no, we didn't talk about it on the last No, August. we didn't. I did not mention that. Correct. But I didn't mention it in passing. Yes. So, Bluey, um, for those that may not know, some listeners that may not know, Bluey is a very popular series right now that originated in Australia mm-hmm. about a family of dogs and... Blue healers. Blue healers, sorry. Um, so the dad, his name is Bandit, mom's name is Chili, and then the oldest daughter is Bluey, who the show is named after, and then the youngest daughter is named Bingo. And so there's two younger girls, six and... Four. Six and four? Yes. Are their ages? And so they, um, the show is a lot about them and their creative play and all these different games, and usually whatever game that they're playing is the name of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of interaction with their parents, and um, there's a lot of encouragement and, you know, social interaction that they learn and, you know, mm-hmm. lesson, life lessons that you learn about playing playing and sharing or going yeah. up or why mom and dad have to work or, um, no, you can't stay home all day every day and, you know, yeah. play and, you know, there's life that goes on and stuff like that. Um, and the intro song was just so catchy. Yeah, so nice. Yeah. I aspire to be, like, the type of parent that Chili and Bandit are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're great parents, I they're think. They're great parents. They just go along with whatever the girls 
you know, what game they're playing. They're, they're Whatever just... crazy game. I was, oh my gosh, we were watching some of that today. And I was just w- watching how, <laughs> how much Bandit is tortured mm-hmm. in this show. It's yeah. so funny. But he, that makes him such a great dad. Because half the time he knows that he's about to get in some kind of crazy, crazy something scheme. Yeah. scheme. Yeah. And it's just... It's so good. It's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're definitely really good models of parents. And, yeah. Um, they just let let the kids be kids. Like there's no structure that they put on. Like you can't do that. You get you know not, nothing crazy other than just proper behavior. You know. Right. So. My, something I thought about. Okay. Because it's such a great show and they're like, you know, we want to be parents like that. And people are like, oh my gosh, so good. My, I'm just, I guess I just want to put it out there just to pick your brain. Okay. Um, about what you think about this. Um, is Bluey a good show for a kid to watch who does not have both parents in their life? Wow. Because it's, and I say that because um, obviously Silas is gonna have gonna have both parents, but mm-hmm. I can think of a few families, you know, off the top of my head that do not have both parents or even a male or female or like a father or mother figure mm-hmm. in their family. And what like what how would that affect the kid? Because it's such the show is such a, has such a focus on. Family. The, the family unit. Yeah. A complete unit. Yeah. No, it's not a single child or an only child. It's both parents. It's not a poor family. It's not... It's like a picture-perfect thing. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's a kid's show. Right. It's, let's get all the things in there. But it's such a wholesome picture into a family of kids that are growing up that it's not too realistic to how a lot of society is right now. Yeah. Um, now, of course, you know, well, you know it's, it's an animated TV show about talking dogs. It's not going to be realistic. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Because kids are incredibly smart. Yes. And they can pick up on things. Yes. And I'm thinking about back through my you know, developmental psychology classes and stuff that I can just picture a kid watching a show but also being kind of sad because I don't have a dad that will do that with me. Yeah. I don't have a mom that'll do that with me. I can't have a conversation like that because I don't have a mom. Or, because, you know, there's, um, like, there was an episode that I had playing while I was cooking dinner, or cooking part of dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was the episode called Bingo, which, um, Bluey and Bandit, the dad, they went somewhere and it was just Bingo and, uh, mom in the house. Mom was busy fixing a toilet, so yes. Bingo had to play find out how to play by herself. Yes. Um, and towards the end of the episode, um, Bingo, you know, he was she was fine, um, but she was talking to her mom like I just really miss my sister because yeah. I play with her all the time. And then they just had a heart to heart moment, you know, with mom and how she encouraged her and like you're strong and you can be. And you can figure out how to play by yourself and create your own worlds and whatever. Or, I think at a couple episodes later, um, was the the dreaming episode. You remember? Yes, that? yes. And and Chili, the mom, 
told Bingo like two or three times an episode that I'll always be here for you no matter what. Yes, have me too or no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's precious because, you know, kids need that. But yes. what do you think? Is it a good show for a kid to watch that would not have a mom figure like that or a dad figure like that? Do you? I foresee that being difficult for them to watch or they just don't find it near as interesting mm. because they have, well, that's great for them, but I don't have a mom like that or I don't have a dad like that, but. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great question. Very nice brain picker. I I think that it's still a great show to watch. I think um, maybe depending on how old they are, the different like train of thought that they would have going into it. So I think that... Whenever children watch shows, they pick up on the things that are happening in the show. And it, and it's, and I guess the younger they are, it's not necessarily like the message behind the episode, I don't think. But like, they just want to do the same things that they're seeing on the TV. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great show to watch for a younger kid, you know, that just wants to imitate what's happening on the TV. So you know, have that imaginary play, you know, go play with some sticks, go play on the trampoline, you know, go find things to do, um, you know, together or even on your own. Like, I love that there are episodes where they have to figure out how to play on their own, you know, Mm. like there's literally an episode that has very minimal talking and Bluey's just playing in the rain, trying to figure out how to stop the rain, you know? And then, like you said, that episode with Bingo, you know, just trying to figure out how to play hide and seek by herself or, you know, it's, you know. Yeah, um, it was funny. Uh, and then the older that you get, yeah, I think that they would then start to pick up on, yeah, I don't have um, a dad to, you know, to beat with a stick out in the yard or, mm. you know, <laughs> or I don't have a mom to do this with me, you know, or a sister to do this. Um, or even a cousin or uncle, whatever, because they're, because the show really is, you know, very family oriented. Um, but I think that they could also still learn from the show, like the things that you hear, the things that the parents do say to their children, I think are important and that they could still learn themselves. And I feel like it would, I feel like maybe it could be a little challenging for them to understand on their own like just because your parent isn't saying this to you doesn't mean it's not true that you still have value you know that you're just as valuable to your parents as Bluey and Bingo are to their parents Mm. without being told that I feel like it would be hard for them to comprehend that Mm. um but I think it would still be good for them to be able to hear parents saying those kind of things mm-hmm. to their child, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that it's still a great show to watch because you do get to see, like, what a healthy family dynamic looks like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> that's great points because you're right. It does incorporate a lot of different things that a child needs to hear and learn. Mm-hmm. 
um, not just for themselves, like you're saying, like learning how to play by yourself or share, mm-hmm. whatever. Because there's a lot of, yeah, there's most of the episodes are all of them together, but there mm-hmm. are some episodes where a lot of the focus is just Bluey and Bingo, or one of them with some of their friends, or both of them with some friends, like like the um, pizza delivery one mm, where they're in the background. Yes. That was a lot of interaction with Bluey and Bingo and a couple of their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like them trying to play, you know, pizza delivery girls or something like that. Yeah. Um, whatever the name of the business was. <laughs> but like a couple of them were making the pizza, the mud pizzas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one then, was the, one was a delivery driver and then the other one was just like delivering the pizza. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of like, a struggle with like how one thought they should do all the deliveries versus the other one or Bluey trying to take control mm-hmm. how she thought everything needs to because it needs to be a certain way or it's not going to be fun mm-hmm. um, that happens on the playground while they're at school during recess times yeah um, where like oh I remember watching something like this on Bluey like we really do need to be nice to each other yeah because that's what they learned in the episode you know um, so it's a good, it's a good point. Even though they may try to ask questions to their one of the whichever parent they have, if they're, if they're not a complete family, um, and so I mean, but it's good conversations to have. Yeah. Um, I'm, for some reason I'm thinking about this, but in Lilo and Stitch, like you know, um, Lilo and what's her oh what's her Nani. Yes. Um, I was to say Nuna. That is not right. Ooh. That's, <laughs> that's Korean. That's too different. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Lilo and Nani, like, Nani was basically the mom. Yeah. There was no father figure other than, I can't remember his name, the other guy. Like her boyfriend? Yeah. I don't well, remember his name. Off and on. Yeah. Boyfriend. I can't remember It's been name. so long since I've seen yeah. Lilo and Stitch. Um, we should watch it again. But <laughs> Nani was the, the mother figure. Yeah. That was, um, that was one of the harshest family situations that could you know there could really be other yeah. than just other than like being an orphan but <clears throat> for some reason I was thinking about that like I mean that's an older yeah that's an older um Disney classic. production classic <laughs> um and so I think it's really cool that they showcased a family unit like that yeah that was not a picture perfect complete thing so there are some um, some material and there's a word I'm trying to immaterial no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that when the material becomes immaterial immaterial oh um, um Pirates of the Caribbean the third one oh yes yes yes, yeah, yes. That gets in there. immaterial yeah <laughs> um, nerd reference yes um, okay so you mentioned something about like asking questions and I just wanted to point out that you know in an episode that we watched earlier you know kids go through this stage of asking why Mm -hmm. every single thing you say why 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 Why? and I feel like that's one of the most frustrating moments as a parent like in the moment like this is so frustrating Mm -hmm. and then we just want to say because I said so yeah or it doesn't matter blah 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 and I f- and it was so refreshing watching that scene because every time 
Bluey would say why. Like, Chili would take the time to tell her why. And she would just keep going into, like, a deeper explanation of what she was saying. And I was like, why don't we do this? Why don't we just sit, like, sit down and take the time to answer these questions because it's genuine curiosity. Mm -hmm. They really don't know. They don't understand why. It's like if we were asking why to something, like, I really don't understand why. I really don't understand why. (laughs) You know, like, as an adult, you wouldn't just tell another adult because I said so. You (laughs) would try to explain it to them until they understand. And so I think that that was, like, so in that moment, it was also a learning moment for me, too, as a parent, like, mm-hmm. I just need to sit and take the time to be able to answer these questions because it's curiosity. They really don't know. Mm-hmm. Instead of just shutting down that curiosity mm-hmm. and saying, because I said so, or it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. or whatever answer we decide to replace as our answer to the question, I I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also okay if there are any listeners that are that have a kid that's in that stage right now, which I don't, I'm not, I don't have personal experience with that yet. Yeah. But um, I can't remember if I saw it on a show or something, or maybe I heard it on a podcast. That I think it's okay for parents if it gets because they you know digging deeper and deeper and deeper. But mm-hmm. you try to explain something. Okay, but why is this? But why you know? Eventually, it'll get it just goes deeper and deeper. Yeah. I think it's okay for a parent if to say if they don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just say, hey, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll I'll try to figure it out. Yeah. Most um, definitely. Because that also, like, lets your child know, like, hey, I don't have all the answers either. Mm-hmm. Or I'm still learning, too. I'm also a human. Yeah, I'm your parent, but I'm also human. And I just don't know everything. Because I feel like kids think that we know everything. Mm-hmm. And... We don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a creative opportunity would be, um, you could say, well, I don't know, but why do you think that is? Yeah. Just to see, because if they like, especially if they like talking mm-hmm. at that moment, at that, during this stage by asking why, it's a, a, you know, it could be a creative opportunity to see, one, where their head is at. Mm-hmm. And... Just to see what they cre- what they come up with. They could even come up with the right answer themselves. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's going to be enough for the Bluey conversation. Yeah. So speaking of parenting and, you know, us as parents learning something mm, yeah. from a show, uh, we can talk about what we learned in real life this uh, week. <laughs> yeah, this past weekend. Oh, man. This is a really <sighs> hard weekend emotionally for me, I know for sure. I don't know. I guess we haven't really talked about our emotions about this weekend yeah. with each other. So why don't we talk about what happened and then we can talk about our emotions mm-hmm. and the things that we felt. Okay. Um, so we took Silas to his um, six month checkup with his pediatrician this past Friday. Yes. Um, and I think both of us had our suspicions not really talked about, but we had our suspicions about him not really gaining that much weight. Yeah, because I kept making comments mm-hmm. like, you know, he's six months, but he's still in zero to three month clothes. Yeah. 
um, or he's still in size one diapers. Right. But I didn't, it, it just did not cross my mind, like, that that was an issue. Yeah. I was like, my baby's just little. Yeah. Because, you know, and we he, haven't. He is. He is. And we haven't talked about, you know, our birth story just yet, which we will. Stay tuned. <laughs> but, <clears throat> like, he was, he was little whenever he was born. Mm-hmm. Like, he only weighed five pounds and 11 ounces mm-hmm. whenever he was born. He was a teeny tiny baby. So for me, you know, like, this is my first baby. I've never had to, you know, watch a baby, a newborn grow up, you know, grow into the toddler stage. Yeah. I don't, I know that they're supposed to be gaining weight each mm-hmm. month, but I don't know exactly what that's supposed to look like. Right. And I do understand that every baby grows different. Mm-hmm. Um. So even though I would make those comments in my head, I'm like, he's just a little baby. You know, he's right. just tiny for his age. So, yeah, we we didn't have any kind of, like you said, we had suspicions, but we didn't think it was anything to really be concerned yeah, about. because he was eating, he was... Yeah, we, eating lots. We could see, you know, mental development, mm-hmm. and so we're just going on, going on. Yeah. Um... But, so, we get into the, um, the exam room, and, um, the nurse, the nurse and technicians, they come in, and they do the, um, they measure him on the scale, um, they have a little, some paper on the little exam table, and they'll stretch out his leg, and mark it, you know, make some marks at the end of his foot, and then where his head is, and then, and then measure those lines, because you can't keep a baby still forever. Um, so, you know, they're doing all the, they'll ask questions, we had to fill out a six-month questionnaire mm-hmm. about stuff that they were doing or not doing or sometimes doing. Um, so we're going through all that, and the pediatrician comes in <laughs> later. Well, first off, okay. she wait, the nurse, when we go in, oh, yeah. the nurse weighs him, and, you know, I, I, I asked, you know, what was his weight before? Yeah. yeah, because... Um, so it's December. Silas actually got RSV in September. Um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so when we went, he weighed 12 pounds and eight ounces. Mm -hmm. That was in September whenever he got RSV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we took him there. Yes. So fast forward to three months later. She weighs him, and he weighs 12 pounds. 11 ounces. And 11 ounces. So. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, my my baby only gained three ounces in three months. Mm -hmm. That is problematic. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, So I'm very concerned, you know. and, And at the same time, literally either that day or the night before, Silas started kind of refusing um to latch Mm -hmm. and i didn't know what was happening there was a thought that crossed my mind like maybe i'm not producing enough milk um so then i started getting worried because he doesn't take bottles he refuses formula in you know in bottles um so what am i gonna do you know i don't have any milk i don't know anybody that you know does like wet nursing or anything like that and so i'm internally freaking out yeah and so my initial reaction is just to kind of 
I don't even know what word to use, but I was so upset and I was like blaming myself Mm -hmm. and it was, it was just really, it was really hard emotionally to hear. And then the pediatrician comes in and she says, you know, the only, the only thing that she addresses while she is in that room with us the entire time was his weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, um, pretty much like wanted us to pretty much force a bottle, Mm -hmm. um, on him and he was not having that. That was a really bad experience for him and me watching him because I knew he was hungry. Mm -hmm. I knew he needed, needed something, but he wouldn't latch Mm -hmm. even in the doctor's office. And like, I knew he didn't want that bottle and I felt bad as his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then, which forcing him to do that started making him turn away anything we would put at his mouth. Yep. Started turning away spoons. Yep. Started turning away his passy. Like, everything. He didn't want anything anymore because I guess it was kind of like traumatizing having the bottle constantly stuck in your face whenever whatever's in it is nasty. Yeah. Um, so, she pretty much said... If you're not producing and he won't take a bottle, um, I'm going to give you over the weekend. I want you to come back Monday. And if he hasn't gained any weight, then... Or he's not taking... He's not... Yeah, she gave us several instructions. Like, he needs to try to gain some weight. Meanwhile, you need to pump. Even if you don't think anything's going to come out, you just need to be caught, you know, producing that stimulation. Um, Or... Or, and try to get him to take some breast milk or something, formula, something in a bottle. Because those certain types of nutrients he needs to be getting is what he needs to be eating. Right. He can't not, just Yeah, not solids. solely relying on solids, right. Um, so it's a lot to do in two days. You know, this was a Friday. And we're supposed to come back Monday morning. Yeah. Friday afternoon, to be exact. Yeah. So it was late Friday afternoon. By the time we got home, it was bedtime. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, yeah, just two days. So she had all these expectations or instructions to give us. And if he's not exceeding in any of these areas, then she wants to admit him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And for first-time parents to hear all of this, go walking into an appointment, excited to hear about his progress, to yeah. we had two days where he's going to be admitted to the hospital because... You know what? What is he dying or something? Yeah, that's just not something you. And as this gets into the topic of why I'm learning that mainstream pediatricians are can be really difficult. Yeah. Um. For many reasons, but yeah. Um. I say mainstream. That just means like the traditional. Medical yeah. school focusing on kids, and here's here's the doctor telling the what the kid needs to do to be alive. Yeah, you know, just very by the book or whatever. Um, and it's frustrating because there's so many things that we learned ourselves, even just the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, within a 24-hour period of walking out of that doctor's office, we went through stages of <laughs> frustration and mm-hmm. panic. 
Um, some gr- not grief. I guess that's probably not the right word. I mean, kind of for me, like grief as in just feeling like I failed as a mom. Yeah. Because my baby's not growing. I'm not producing milk anymore. He won't eat anything other than yeah. solids. What am I to do as a mom? Mm-hmm. So I, I did kind of, you know, I guess you could say there was some grieving for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through all those emotions to finding someone that was able to help us in several ways. Yes. Um, pulling on some resources and knowledge from a few other moms. Um to him making a lot of significant process all within 24 hours and learning that I don't know if the pediatrician just withheld information or just didn't take a lot of things into consideration yeah um and it's kind of frustrating because this is a person an expert that is supposed to help us when they wanted to go to the extreme yeah. by going to the hospital, which is not what he needed. Yeah. What he well, need- I will say this, and I feel like, you know, if you're a pediatrician, I'm not, I don't, I, what I'm going to say is I'm not generalizing every single pediatrician. Right. That's true. However, mm-hmm. I do think that the majority mm-hmm. of you know, mainstream, if you want to use that word, pediatricians, you know, there are by the book. I think that it it's just like that. They're by the book, yeah. you know, of if this is the symptom, this is the medicine you prescribe and send them on their way, Yeah, you know, or they need to do this or they need to do that. And, you know, and which I understand to a certain extent because if, the only way you make money is if people are sick you know and so so being crunchy parents you know Mm. we want you know alternatives we want you know we don't want to just stuff our kids with medicine all the time right I don't want to stuff myself with medicine all the time right and the way that medicine seems to be going you know just like everything seems to be going um it seems like it's just getting worse and worse, and there are more and more side effects. I remember whenever ibuprofen and Tylenol were safe to take, mm. and now there's, you know, cases being settled about Tylenol being, you know, the cause of um, autism and ADHD. You know, yeah. and I, it it's just so crazy. But like, and I and I understand that, like that's what most people are taught be you know in medical school you know and i understand that because homeopathic like anything just isn't really talked about i didn't know what the word homeopathic even meant Mm. or that it was even a word Mm. until um i got pregnant yeah and i was like i don't want to stuff my body with all these medicines i don't want to you know, even though I ended up having to do this, I didn't want, you know, to go to the hospital to have mm-hmm. to give birth. I didn't want to, you know, get induced. I mm-hmm. didn't want to take those drugs. I didn't want to do this. Um, and I just feel like there's so much misinformation because 
living a homeopathic lifestyle means taking less drugs, being more aware of alternatives that you mm-hmm. can do that right. doesn't that doesn't you know include paying doctors or hospitals. Um, there's no there's no profit in that. Mm-hmm. So why would why would they talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's not any, that's not like a diss at any pediatrician. It's not, you know, like a, how dare you, you're, you're awful. No, that's just, I feel like, um, a point of view that's valid. Yeah. And so I can kind of see why it's protocol. Like, this is like entry level doctor offices or whatever, um, or what do you call it like not screening but how you would if you go to hospital you go through a triage before you get admitted anywhere yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that like hey there's this case like this baby's not really eating and it's clear he's not gaining weight so if he's not going to eat we're going to be in the hospital yeah okay yeah um and it's an extreme but it's kind of like a protocol that now that i'm thinking about it um but well, yeah, because somebody made a point, you know, like, all she knows is that this baby isn't right. gaining weight and he's not eating. Right. She doesn't know what is going on at home. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know if we're neglecting him or... Mm-hmm. Which she did say, she specifically said he does not look malnourished. Yeah. Okay, and he does not. He's he's kind of chunky, he's you chunky. know. But, but, you know, so, but at the same time, like, you you don't know. Mm-hmm. what's going on right your job is to keep babies healthy or keep children healthy right and you know make sure they're safe and being taken care of you know um so so i also understand that too i'm not saying that anything she did was you know wrong invalid i'm just but i but as a parent on the other end mm-hmm. on the receiving end of that it was just hard to take in. It's not what you want to hear. Yeah. At all. At all. I mean, if he gets, you know, come back on Monday, he has to get admitted to the hospital. There's so many things as parents, working parents. Yeah. That you have to think of like, okay, I got to work. We get, you know, because we need paychecks. And if we're going to get admitted to the hospital, obviously we're going to be there with him. Right. Um, and you know, life gets turned upside down. What if this takes a nosedive and he's in the NICU and you know worst case scenario that right. fill in the blank of all these things that could happen right um this is not even if she is chill this is just another visit you know she does what she needs to do you know is there post office visit counseling for parents or yeah you know, <laughs> yeah um but when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture about the alternatives like you were talking about, because we're crunchy parents, um, that, like, okay, basically he needs the, all the nutrients from either formula or breast milk. Mm-hmm. How do we get him to eat those things? Yeah. And, um... Because for the longest time we had just accepted that He's not going to take bottles. He'll only lapse to me. Mm-hmm. Which I think that was definitely true for a season. Yeah. But it went on for a very long time. Yeah. it was getting frustrating. Not because, like, you know, there's things, there's um, 
growth spurts and uh, leaps and stuff that they go through and they have a preference during that time because yes. of whatever the heck they're feeling. Yes. Totally. But it was getting to a point where, like, this seems not right. Like, this is kind of frustrating. He's getting more and more irritated mm-hmm. at different things, not latching, barely eating, or, you know, barely... He's been super fussy lately. Yeah. Um, so, all that leading into a pediatrician basically, you know, telling us... He needs to eat. <laughs> yeah. So all so then so all that happened on Friday. Um, over the weekend we just really struggled to figure out, you know, how are we gonna do this? Is he is he, you know, gaining is he gonna be able to gain weight? Like he hasn't gained weight in three months. Yeah. How's he gonna gain weight in two days? Right. Um and so that was really hard to kind of wrap my mind around. Um and it was, oh my gosh, it was so hard, but I just, you know, really had to just press into the Lord and really pray and, you know, just say, I have no idea what's happening. I'm totally blindsided at in this moment. I don't know what to do. Like I am completely helpless for my son. Mm-hmm. And the next day we, well, really actually the day before that. Um, found out a friend like overproduces milk mm-hmm. um, and so over the so then the next day we have this crazy appointment and then she ends up you know um, like really helping us a lot in, in the over the weekend mm-hmm. and he ends up taking a bottle yeah. um, which ugh, we were so thankful for I was just mm-hmm. praising the Lord because yeah that night <sighs> Yes. That night he it was he was kind of swatting at it at first. Yeah. And then I think he realized that oh hey this is breast milk. Yeah. Oh hey this is what I need. <laughs> mm. And he started sucking on it and both of I could just see the relief on your face. Yeah. It was definitely like oh my god thank you. Yeah. Like cuz he's going to you know we don't really know how much you're producing mm-hmm. at least at least at that point cuz I you're I think you're producing some more now but um, at that point, we don't know how much he was even getting from breast, other than um, he just wasn't eating for very long. But we could control how much milk we were going to have in a bottle. So with him just starting to go go hard on it, <laughs> yeah, um, was really good because you know, the pediatrician she mentioned like every three hours he needs to be eating what like six ounces or mm-hmm. something like that, which is another thing. Uh oh, <laughs> I. I am hardcore, like, what, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. Pediatricians, I feel like, I I have not met a pediatrician um, that really talks about or encourages breastfeeding. Um... It's just most of the, like, it's always formula, which I am not saying there's anything wrong with formula. I think that, you know, if, if you have to do formula or if that's what you choose, then by all means use formula. But for the moms that do want to breastfeed and have had that goal and have been 
maintaining that, mm-hmm. like continue to encourage that mom yeah. to do that. Which I'm not saying that she wasn't. You know, she was saying pump, but at the same time, it's like, is that all that I have to do to get my milk supply back? You know, mm-hmm. is there not any other knowledge that you can give me to help, like up my supply? Mm. Um, so. With formula, obviously the amount that is given to the child increases as they get older. Mm-hmm. With breast milk, that's not the case. I mean, in mm-hmm. the beginning, obviously when they're fresh out of the womb, they don't need four ounces of milk. Right. Okay. Not possible. <laughs> um, but breast milk is so fantastic. It's so amazing. I will never not be like just in awe Mm -hmm. of what breast milk is, how it works, the whole, everything surrounding breast milk. I will never not be in awe. Um, So as your baby grows, your breast milk also um, grows and it changes and it, um, it changes as your baby changes and it changes for your baby. Right. Breast milk, Whenever you're feeding your baby breast milk, they should never need more than four to five ounces at a time. Like, start out with four ounces, and if they're still hungry and you're not doing solids yet, then you can give them that extra ounce. Mm -hmm. Um, But they should never need more than that at one time. Mm. Um, And so saying six to seven ounces every two to three hours that's a lot that is a lot of breast milk and I understand that he's hungry but he's also eating solids too Mm -hmm. and um and it's not like we're feeding him you know like chips and cookies and all that like this child will not eat anything remotely sweet Mm -mm. he won't eat fruit the only thing that he will eat is vegetables so he's in savory things yes so he is getting you know great nutrients Mm -hmm. from the food that he is eating on top of the milk that he's getting so i'm i i'm like that is a lot yeah of breast milk to be trying to give his baby i understand Mm -hmm. that he needs to gain some pounds but that is a lot yeah (laughs) um and then there was also his reflux uh, yeah. and she, you know, he just kept spitting up a lot, which I don't know. I think it was because his lack of being able to get the amount of milk that he needs and us, you know, feeding him the other types of baby food to make sure he is eating. I think it's just his body rejecting too much of what he doesn't need. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because, you know, notice how his, his poop was definitely different than what it normally is mm-hmm. and it's just his body not processing you know he just there was a lot of signs that we did not know yeah to look for yeah um and um now you know now we know especially whenever we get around to a second kid mm-hmm. notice his poop is a little different okay <laughs> let's you know cause yeah so let's reevaluate what's going on here yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, I think it's really important for us to be open about, yeah, I mean, we made a mistake, maybe, because we didn't know what to look for. Right. Didn't know what, like, other than 
okay, her supply is down. He's eating more solids. Maybe we're just transitioning a lot sooner than normal. Yeah. When, you know, we should be, or we should have been a little more, because you, you mentioned several times, like, no, he's not supposed to, he can't rely, or we, we've had conversations, he can't rely on solid foods right now. Right. Which we were just leaning more and more to that being really the only thing you would eat. Yeah, because that was all that he, was all he was really getting. Yeah. Um. So we definitely learned a lot when we went back on Monday. He had gained six ounces. Yes. Thankfully. Yes. Um, so she was very happy with that. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so she she was pleased with that progress. When she walked in, he was actually eating from the bottle. Mm -hmm. And so there was lots of progress that she was able to see in that appointment. And so she was very happy with that. And she just wants to do another follow-up. And hopefully he has continued to gain weight Mm -hmm. since then, which I hope so. Because that child has been eating, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, nonstop. (laughs) Which is good. I'm glad. Like, it kind of makes me feel bad because... He hasn't been eating this much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of like, you know, have I really been starving my baby? <laughs> um, but but I'm just glad that he's able to eat, you know, and, and be full. And I know how much he's getting and I know how much, you know, he's needing. Yeah. In this season. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that was that was hard. So okay. what kind of were your emotions? Because like, I kind of we've kind of been talking about what I was feeling, but what it, what were you feeling in all of those moments? So we've had a lot of scares. I wouldn't say scares. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, situations like this, even throughout the pregnancy. Yeah, just mm-hmm. things coming up that we weren't expecting and didn't know. All you know. All of a sudden, are we going to have a super premature baby? Yeah. You know, just take precaution. Better safe than sorry. Let's, I mean, yeah, we're tired and we were getting ready for bed, but let's go to the hospital just in case. Um, yeah. So we've had a lot of different scenarios where, you know, we're thrown into something like, is this it? Is this, what do we need to do? I don't know what to do. Anyway. Um, Out of all the research we've done, this was not part this, of this. Was What's happening? This was not in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I feel like, and this may be just my personality and your personality, but I feel like I've always been pretty level-headed mm-hmm. in oh, all yeah. these situations. I'm always dramatic. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is all, honestly, as far as it affecting thing or who it's affecting, obviously you're, yeah. is your body going through all of this. Yeah. And, um, and even with him being outside of your body, it's... Um, it's still very it's much different. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like I've always been pretty level-headed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, at the time, suppress... Um, what you were feeling? The, the drastic emotions. Yeah. And primarily, I'm trying to encourage you. Yeah, which I was not here for in the moment. <laughs> no. Not... Yeah, which, which usually I I and I kind of embrace your encouragement, yeah. but that just kind of hit on a different level. Well, and yeah. I just 
was like, no, don't touch me. I don't really want to talk to you right now. And it wasn't, yeah. and it wasn't anything that you had done. It wasn't you because like I said, it was me just blaming myself mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't know, like, I don't want to say degrading. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little extreme, but you know, I was just kind of shaming myself as yeah. a mom. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've definitely learned how to encourage you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Depending. I think I've gotten pretty good at yes. it. And you're going through this right now. This is what she's, what she wants. Yeah. Um, so, I so primarily I'm trying to encourage you or comfort you or I, I think I was just the one that was able to think clearly about, okay, what the steps that we need to take. Okay, we're just going to do this. Do this real quick. Go get in the tub. I'll track the contractions for you. Um, you know, whatever. Um, to Because you all you can really do at that moment is you're just trying to process <laughs> as little as possible at a time. Yes. Um, because of whatever you're needing to embrace at that moment. Yeah. Which, at any given moment, it's different things. It's you're just trying to breathe through something. You're just... You're overthinking and it throws you into a panic attack or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so then my job is to adapt and think clearly and... Be the one to think because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so for all the husbands out there and fathers-to-be... Please be the thinker. <laughs> because there's just so much happening. Yeah. Like, you know, going to back to being pregnant, like, there's just so many different things that run through your mind. Um, any little thing. Even whenever you've done your research and you've, you know, you've done this, you've done that. Any little thing, it's still concerning and it's still kind of frightening, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... I watch uh, the couple on YouTube. They're one's a pediatrician and one is a um, gynecologist and, or OBGYN. Um, and and even her, whenever she was pregnant, she was like, "I know all these things, but it's different being pregnant when, and yeah. actually yeah. feeling it and actually living through something that something that you've." learned you know in a book or on paper or you know on your phone whatever it's just different and so there's just a million different things that go through your mind as you're as this thing is happening to you Mm -hmm. and you really don't have time uh, I mean unless you're just one of those people one yeah that's right yeah unless you're just one of those people to think logically in every situation, you're not going to be thinking logically. Mm-hmm. And and I have found that with a lot of women, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not where your brain's going right now. I mean, you're just kind of having that motherly instinct and your brain is telling you to do whatever you need to do to protect your baby. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's... That does not include logical thinking. Right. You just go into overdrive. Yeah. And just, yeah, you know, fight or flight, and the mom's instinct is always going to be to fight. Right. Um, you can't really run away from, it's kind of, they're kind of inside you. Yeah. You can't really run away from. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's so important for husbands and partners, partners to, to yeah. just be the thinker, be the supporter. Mm-hmm. Like, 
physically be there to support, you know, rub my shoulders, rub my back, you know, (laughs) whatever. But then also emotionally be there to support, Mm -hmm. you know, and logically support and, you know. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes you just have to be aggressive with them, back at them. Yeah. Um, Because this is what they need to do, regardless of what they are feeling, whatever. You just got to make them drink that water or make them sit in the tub. Mm -hmm. Um, Make them breathe. Like, don't think about that right now. I'm taking care of it. You just focus on that. Yeah. And, you know, just whatever whatever she needs at the moment, you just be patient with yourself and learn what they need in the moment. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the, biggest things that we learned while we were pre- while we were pregnant um and going to the childbirth classes with our midwife was her telling the husbands watch her body mm-hmm. watch her body language watch her body language watch how she's responding to the pain and then from there from her response you find your response and you find the way that you know she needs you to help her Mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. So that I feel like that's so important to learn how she responds to the things that she's feeling so that you know how to be supportive because it's not a, it's everything's not, you know, in one pretty little box. Mm -hmm. Every situation is different so every, every, you know, whatever you would call it, what is the word? Every situation. Yeah. I mean, every situation is going to be different. So, you know, your approach to each of those oh, yeah. situations are going to be different. Yeah. So my approach to the most recent situation. Yeah. Um, is I think just my natural response is if I'm physically with you around you, I'm just making sure you have what you need. Yeah. You, know, you hear me all the time. Is there anything I can get you? You know, whether it's get you some water because you're sitting there holding him or rocking him to sleep or whatever, and you're thirsty. Um, do I need to get a diaper for you? Because my, my instinct is just to, if you don't have to get up and do it, because you're getting up and doing a lot with him all the time, then I want to help you with that. Um, but I think me being introverted, um, I don't really process a lot of my emotions until I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just take a deep breath and I'll just think about whatever happened. You know, it's like a post-processing thing. Yeah. Um, or a lot of the times it's at night when we're laying down to sleep, you know, because you always, I, I know every single time you fall asleep because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not asleep yet. <laughs> um, and that's probably, that's my time. I guess that's what I, I guess I feel alone at that time, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I'm not uh, like you're asleep and I'm just alone here laying down. Okay. Because that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like. I don't have to worry about you right now. Yeah. You're asleep. He's asleep. And I'll just lay here and I'll just kind of process. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was just, yeah, I'm worried about him. But there's nothing that we can do 
I can do at this moment right here laying in this bed. Yeah. I can't really do anything about it. I'm worried about it. I'm going to pray about it. And I just know, I guess it's just, I'm just hopeful. Yeah. I just have faith. He's going to be fine. Because he's not malnourished. Um, the blood work, they took blood at the appointment and it all was fine. Slightly dehydrated, but because, you know, it hasn't been getting as much milk. Right. He mentally is coming a long way. Um, he's so smart. He's just going to be crawling or walking before he even crawls at this point. <laughs> so, um, so I, this is part of my processing is like, I just kind of make pros and cons and like, there's a lot of pros about how he's doing. We just need to fix him taking a bottle. Yeah. And yeah, we don't really, we don't really want, as parents don't want him to have to do formula, but if that's where he's going to get his nutrients, that's where he's going to get him. Yeah. And so it'll take some time. It's going to be fine. He's fine. And so that's just kind of how I processed. Because if I'm with you, I just kind of suppress that and I just make sure you're okay because you're a priority. You're the one in the trenches, so to speak, because, um, like you're saying, like, you're going through all this. Even I could see you going through it, even in the doctor's office, as she's trying to talk about something or we're having just trying to force that bottle on him. You're, I mean, you're wiping away tears and all this stuff because you know he's suffering at this moment. Yeah. And there's not much that we can do about it. So that's just my job. I just kind of turn it off and just focus on trying to make sure that you're okay. Um, even in the car on the way home, I, you know, we were in oh, silence no. and I was like, do you want to talk about what you're feeling? And you're like, not really. <laughs> it's okay. So, and, but you know, that's, that's. You gave me a sign about what you want to do at this moment. Yeah. You did not want to talk about it. We'll just sit there. Yeah. And then I gave it some time. Gave it a few minutes. And I said, well, is it okay if I talk to you? And you're like, I guess. And so I just gave you some encouragement. It's probably not stuff that you want to necessarily hear at that moment. Yeah. But it's still something that needs to be said. Yeah. You need to hear it. Even though you're like, I don't want to hear that. It does something to you. It's a psychological thing. It does something to you. That's not... The answer you wanted to hear at the moment, but it still does something to you when you do hear it. Mm. That's mm. that's prophetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So you know, when you're going through a crisis, blah blah blah, insert blank or whatever your crisis trauma, and so somebody say it's gonna be okay. That's not what Tell I want. Tell me that one more one time. more time. <laughs> but it does something. It's like a. Um, it's like if you're building a dam. Um, I don't know why I'm, I'm just suddenly coming with this picture. <laughs> okay. Like you're building a dam because you're wanting to, you know, contain a certain body of water, right? Um, well, one brick is not going to do it. One piece of stone, one whatever part of the structure is not going to do it. You need the whole thing and it mm-hmm. needs a foundation. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, encouraging words, like it's going to be fine. Like, you're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. That may not be what you want to hear. That's not fixing your pain. That's not fixing this. That's not fixing him. You know, you saying it's going to be okay is not going to magically make him take a bottle. Yeah. You know, but. It's like being in labor and saying, just breathe. Just breathe. (laughs) Like, you're you're halfway there. That's not getting him all the way there. (laughs) 
Um, but there's foundation that needs to be laid in those encouraging words. Yeah. You don't want to hear it in the moment, but it helps you build up to the thing. Because what happens? You eventually gave birth. He ended up taking a bottle. That breathing, it helped at the time. The thing is, like... Did I breathe, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you did get through it. Yeah. It was okay at some point. Yeah. And, you know, that can apply in so many situations. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, you didn't want to talk about him when we were driving home. And I gave you some time. And I wanted to kind of slide in there and, and do my part. Give you some encouragement. Here's what we're going to try. And he's going to be fine. Yeah. And, you know, we just go from there. So, that's more my emotions. It's not as severe as yours because I'm not directly connected with him like you are, like a mother is with her kid. Yeah. Is what was that? You sent me a TikTok. I just wanted to touch on that before we stopped. Um, that TikTok that you sent me was like, um, talk, this, was it a doctor, a pediatrician? I don't know. Um, this guy talking about how, um, obviously it takes, you know, it takes the mother and the father to end up creating a child. Mm-hmm. But it's the mother's cells and extensions of her body that are forming that child. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's her cells reproducing themselves and forming them into this child. Mm-hmm. It's literally your body that made the baby. Mm-hmm. And the baby's cells and everything are a part of your body. So even when they're born... And outside of your body, no longer physically, technically connected. It's still... But the cells that that created that baby are actually still in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so when the baby's crying, you're, you just know. It's like mm-hmm. a mother's instinct, whatever. You're you're alerted. Like, there's, that's happened in, in the middle of the night multiple times. Mm-hmm. Or, or even you waking up before he gets upset. Or, yeah. or at least we hear him get upset. Yeah. Um... So, when something like what happened this past weekend happens, and he's suffering, he's frustrated, he's whatever, you're feeling that at the same time. Yeah. It's not just, oh, my baby. It's not just that. It's so much deeper than mm-hmm. that. And so, the father, obviously, you know, we're gonna, we love our children, and, and we don't want to see them suffer or anything like that, but the intense emotions the mother is completely justified and valid for feeling that. Yeah. Because it makes me think of, I think there was a related video or something that I ended up coming across of, um, if someone has to have something amputated and there's a a phenomenon that goes on called a phantom limb. Oh yeah. You've heard of that where they feel like they feel like they're moving their arm or moving their fingers or whatever. They, it just, it feels like I'm doing it, but Mm -hmm. it's not there. Or I feel like um, it started itching. Or, you know, there's a lot of different stories that people will, will tell about that. It's a, it's a similar thing. Like, the the baby is no longer attached to your body. Mm-hmm. But you're feeling what it feels. Mm-hmm. It's still a part of you. It's still there. Yeah. Um, so, I think me not having... I don't know. I feel like fathers to be or whatever it needs to they need to understand that you're just you're just not gonna feel the same way you do about your child that the mom does yeah 
And also, I think it's important for moms to understand that that yeah. that's okay because, like you said, like it's our bodies that are literally mm-hmm. creating this child, this mm-hmm. human being. They're not like you had one part in making this baby. Right, right. One part. <laughs> you had one part, and that was nine months ago. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. You will occasionally feel the baby kick if they're kicking hard enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But we feel the hiccups. We feel the kicks. We feel the round ligament pains. We feel the yeah. contractions. In yeah. all of that, yeah, it's some of it's beautiful, some of it's painful. But it's still connecting us even before we have that first moment mm-hmm. of seeing them face-to-face or mm-hmm. holding them or, mm-hmm. you know, feeling their warmth or whatever it's just and sometimes I, I'm not gonna lie like sometimes I struggle with this you know mm-hmm. like why don't you react the same way I react yeah. you mm-hmm. know but I just have to think like that doesn't mean that you're not a good dad yeah that doesn't mean that you don't love him mm-hmm. it just means that you know like I just have a completely different type mm-hmm. of connection with him right. and that's okay yeah, we've had many conversations where somewhere in there you would say, do you not care? Uh. <laughs> and, you know, the, the the reality of it is that not in the same way you do. Yeah. Like, yeah, he has this bump or he has a scratch. I'm like, I mean, that sucks, but we can't really do much about it. Yeah. Um, Or, like, we just need to be more careful with this. Or he scratched his, you know, his nose when he was rubbing his eyes. We can't really do much about it. And you're over there, like, rubbing his nose. Like, I'm so sorry, baby. Do you not care? He scratches him. <laughs> and that is a real occurrence. Um, but it's it's all valid. You know, the dad is going to be like, and that sucks. It's a scratch. <laughs> yeah, but it's a scratch. He did it to himself. It'll heal. <laughs> but again, it goes back to, you know, just that logical thinking. Yeah. Um... And it's all, it's all valid. The mom's going to feel like that because of, you know, everything we already said. Yeah. The dad, you don't need to feel bad if you don't, you're not immediately heart-wrenched by whatever happened like the yeah. mom is. She's just, it's a, it's just an emotion that came. She's feeling it. She wants to care for the baby. Yeah. And moms, I think it's really important. I can tell, like, if you want to make sure your spouse is doing all right. Or your partner, your the the father, whatever. They're not gonna feel the exact same emotion you are in the moment. Yeah. But that's not their fault. Yeah. And it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. Your initial reaction is what you feel. It's your instinct to protect the baby and make sure they're okay. Because you feel, at times, you feel solely responsible. Mm-hmm. Even if you know if the father, husband, whatever is in the picture. And that moment, you just feel solely responsible. Nothing else exists. Yeah. Um, but the spouse, the father, whatever, is going to feel a different type of way. What they're going to be concerned about is now is both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just going to do what they think they need to do. They're yeah. not going to feel the same thing. Yeah. Um, it takes me back to shortly after he was born. He was only a couple weeks old literally like two weeks old and we traveled Mm -hmm. out of state 
with him. <laughs> and nope. I remember us talking and I like I was saying, you know, I've never felt this kind of love before. Mm-hmm. I've never been I've never loved another human being as much as I love him. Blah blah blah. blah. And and like in a sense that was that's true, mm-hmm. you know. But then I had to I had to like realize what that meant. Mm-hmm. And it was like yes, I've never felt this kind of love before, but I've also, you know, you know like never created another human being, mm-hmm. you know. This is literally my creation. You know, when people create things, they're proud of their creations, mm-hmm. you know. And and so then so it's that aspect but it's also so what I said was or I don't know if I actually said this or if it's something that I you know because I do think about this often because I tell him every day I love him you know and I think about how much I love him every day and I realized yes I love him like I've never loved him being like as much as I love him mm-hmm. in the sense of him being my child. Right. But I've also never loved anybody as much as I love you right. as a partner, right. as a spouse. And that's totally, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. And it's two completely different types of love. And it's okay to feel sh- as strongly mm-hmm. about two different things. Um, and so, I so like first relaying that to you, it's like I don't, I don't know how to describe this. And then you still have this euphoria of this baby that I've been carrying for nine months. I finally have him in my arms. Mm-hmm. I just love him so much. Blah 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 blah. Oh my gosh! And you don't even exist right now. It's just right. me and my baby. Right. <laughs> So it was kind of hard to explain that to you, and I feel like it was hard for both of us Mm -hmm. to, for me, like it was hard for me to say it, because one, I knew, like, the way that it came out sounded kind of harsh, but I also didn't know how to explain it. Right. Um, Yeah, it took a few different conversations. Yeah. Um, And we'll get into the, like, the deeper parts of what I have felt going through the pregnancy into even all the way up to today, the different feelings that I feel about about not having you all to myself or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into all that and then of course your emotions going through all that. Yeah. We'll have that deeper conversation in another episode since we've yes. gone kind of long with this one. But it was good. It was a good conversation. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was great. It was nice to be able to talk about some things because you know this is our first time talking about some of that stuff over the weekend. Yeah. 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 But I am glad that we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm super excited for these future episodes. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to talk to you guys about what our actual birth experience was like Mm -hmm. what it was supposed to look like versus Mm -hmm. what it actually looked like right what those what those feelings and thoughts and emotions were in the moment you know after um and yeah i'm excited to be able to talk about that with you guys Mm -hmm. 
Do you have anything else you want to say before we no. close? No. Okay. I think that's good because technically we're parents. I mean, technically. Technically. Right? Right.